Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw and Smackdown, but also NXT, AEW Dynamite, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a Liga quiz, of course, on WrestleCoach. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight and a huge stacked show to look forward to tonight. We've got an Intercontinental Championship match to look forward to, Hamlet. But more importantly, Daniel Bryan could be banished from SmackDown. And this is why, along with many other reasons, it's so much better than Raw. Oh, Christ. I like the. We've talked on other podcasts uh, about maybe our differing views slightly on some of the praise that SmackDown gets. I believe a lot of that is based on the contrast to Raw. Um, but this show stands up by itself. Absolutely, it does. Um, too often, and it's become a running gag between us, too often with WWE previews, we're dealing with Fallout because mm. WWE hasn't promoted something. And bear in mind, we tend to record these previews what, about 12 hours before the show goes on the air? Yeah. It is criminal. It is criminal, the lack of stuff that we can talk about without it being pure speculation. So the fact that they have pitched not just two title matches, because there's a billion titles, you could toss out title matches every week, but two title matches that feel significant, two that feel like the end of WrestleMania feuds just weeks before a pay-per-view called WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> I, kind of admire the, I kind of admire the rare guts on the booking, to do these on television rather than saving them as like bankers for this, this like this free hit pay-per-view they've got next month. Uh, I, I'm certainly, I feel like I know which way both results are going, but especially in the case of the Universal Championship match, I'm like on tenterhooks to see how it plays out. The stipulation is bigger than the belt. They've found a way to have Roman Reigns' Universal Championship not be the highest stake in one of his matches. And I, I do, I kind of... I don't know if it's graft or grift, but either way, I sort of respect it. Yeah, I just really enjoyed the way it all played out last week with Cesaro and Daniel Bryan and Jey Uso and Seth Rollins and the fact that it was all, you know, interweaved together for once. And yes, it was, you know, a train of interruptions, but at least it made sense. And I don't know, just a bit of creativity that they win and Roman is still just negging Cesaro and going, yeah, enough about you. I want you rid of you on my show. I just love the way that they've laying this out so far. 
I thought that angle last week was fantastic. Really genuinely brilliant and very un-WWE. Both Brian and Cesaro refused to be kind of... I mean, look, we're at the point now where Brian's career is on the line. So, of course, they've been like sucked into it a little bit. But they refused to betray their core principles. Brian was the first one to say, you know what, you need to give Cesaro a title shot. And then when Reigns offers it up to Brian, Cesaro's like, Daniel, how could you screw me? Like, neither of them behaved like complete idiots blinded by the gold. They were actual good people yeah. looking out for one another, like baby faces you can aspire to be. Mm. Like, I know <laughs> I know WWE is never going to be some sort of like socialist empire, but it is okay for the heroes to look out for each other once in a while. And I love that we had two examples of that trying to get around this the, the Roman Reigns problem, ultimately. Mm. It's like this tyrannical reign he's got over SmackDown. This is them trying to work around it together. And yet, a stipulation has been born from this that could obviously shelve Brian for good. It's I, I just I really appreciate how real both Cesaro and Daniel Bryan felt as characters. It's why they're so relatable and why it's going to be so cruel if tonight, um, let's say, an Edge or a Jimmy Uso or somebody is behind like the demise of Brian's dream. Yeah, and to be completely hypocritical, I also really like the weird competitiveness of the two baby faces that are in the Intercontinental Championship. The, the, the backstage meeting where it wasn't just like, hey, Kevin, good luck, pal. It was like, that's my title. I want it back. And he's like, well, you have to win it from me then. Like, they don't doubt themselves. They don't go, oh, well, I'm just happy for the opportunity or whatever. <laughs> but that didn't, didn't jar for me, uh, despite the differential way it was presented to Cesaro saying, you've got to take this opportunity. Like, oh, I know, well, WWE well, because much there. Now, but it's amazing, right? Over two hours on one show, three on another, it is okay to tell different stories. Mm. I, 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 was sho- I was shocked too. Like, uh, like, I couldn't believe it. I could tell two different stories on one show. Really remarkable. I read something this morning where it's like, oh, well, uh, Braun Strowman's uh, broken some sort of, uh, made, set some record where he's fought in a singles match, a, a tag match and a handicap match all in the same night. That's a record. It's not a good record. I mean, you haven't got to <laughs> what to book, book your show like. It's ridiculous. And like you say, looking at WrestleMania Backlash, they've gone, right, well, Bianca, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. That's great. We could do that again, but we can save that for another pay-per-view. Let's have Bianca Belair versus Bailey. You know, maybe they're going to run the Intercontinental Championship match because of Commander Aziz interfering or something tonight. Maybe they'll do that. And then, but with them with the Universal Championship, they're mixing it up. Whereas on Raw, they're just like, do it all again. Do everything again. Same segment. Um, so let's start it then. So to clarify... People keep saying, well, his career on the line. I've been quite hyperbolic with the title there. It's not. He wants him off SmackDown, doesn't he? If he loses, he's off SmackDown. I mean, his career is effectively over because he has to go and presumably work on Monday Night Raw if that happens. <laughs> but, well, I might as well just say this. Rather than how do you see this playing out, Hamlet, how does Roman Reigns screw Daniel Bryan on this one? Because we all know he's leaving with the Universal Championship. Yeah, I... So I really, really want this to be an edge return. Um, There's been a few whispers about, it does feel like he's going to get screwed. So we have to talk about how he cheats rather than how he wins. I think that's the the reality of what we're dealing with here. He being... I could also, I I think that's what's going to happen. But I could also see, because he's presented so actually bloody strong for a heel champion, he just beats him. Like... He is good enough to just beat him on the night. It, it, and if, you know, it's 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 a toss, more of a toss-up if he's fair and square. 
and I think it is going to be a screw finish, but they built him so well that he could beat him clean. Hell, Daniel Bryan could leave his Universal Champion. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's at least, at least that, and we talk about this all the time, and I don't want to bring their name into everything we talk about when it comes to WWE, but we talk about this all the time with AEW, with Darby Allen's title defences or whatever. You go, yeah, he's probably going to retain, but I'll still nibble on an earful. Yeah, that's fair. I think um, I think they've like as wrestlers they've earned it. Um, the booking of this feud suggests that they've given thought to the the next logical step. So they're going to want to sell you on. They're going to want to sell you on a, a kind of believable, clean finish. I, I for me, right, I'm going to advocate for an edge running because I think it cements where that character was headed before WrestleMania and the the one night pop he got. I don't want. Cesaro to be involved in some sort of twist ending where last week's friendship was a farce and he actually is glad to have Brian out of the way and because it kills the babyface momentum that he's got. I'd like him to be able to see off Jey Uso, for example, at ringside. He's there to sort of, he's there as a counterweight. Jey Uso gets involved one too many times and Cesaro like swings him on the floor and chases him to the back or whatever. Like just counteracts that, leading us to believe that we're down to an even contest. Only fair. Brian to be setting up the running knee and Edge to slide in and spear him midway through. Wearing a motorcycle helmet like he did in ECW. Perfect. Lovely. Um, pulls the motorcycle helmet off. The Thunderdome goes wild. Uh, yeah, like, no. But Edge being that guy, um, the heartbreaker, I guess, the guy that can blame Daniel Bryan for his failings at WrestleMania. And this is the way that you can just take him out. Like, he just erases the problem, doesn't he? Like he can put one eye back on Roman Reigns again. Of course, he's not going to be easy because he's not counted on a Cesaro being there as a new threat. But it just feels to me like there's a there's a pay-per-view match. It's also something you don't have to build through SmackDown. So if Daniel Bryan is booted from SmackDown, what makes Edge a SmackDown superstar other than the fact he was challenging for the title? Was mm. Edge not just a, a guy? Was he not just sort of was he even was he raw? Was it, I don't know if he had a brand. Um point, I didn't even think about that. So Edge and Daniel Bryan could be booked for WrestleMania Backlash with neither man technically having a place of work. <laughs> like, they're, uh, that we've joked about it. It's awful to think that, like, oh, Bryan, I don't know what I'm going to do about my future. You're going to raw, pal. Like, I can't believe that we're, after we kind of use that as this big piss take of Vincent Mann listening to his talent, this could be the upshot and the end result for Bryan. But yeah, I think this is a nice way to get to Edge versus Bryan outside the confines of SmackDown. You could run it at a pay-per-view and then have Edge go on to do whatever he wants to do with Roman Reigns next. I'll just put the usual caveat in here. Or Jimmy Uso gets involved because inevitably he'll <laughs> probably bloody show up. Uh, I also like the idea of the Fox Sports or whatever he's called, robot going, we need to draft him. Why haven't we drafted Edge? What are we doing? Sort of thing. <laughs> that weird war room that they had for all the drafts. I saw them tweet about a draft by the, other, by the way the other day. So get ready. It's clearly coming. Oh my God. I'm ready for a draft. I, like, I want that robot back. I want frigging Cameron Grimes to meet him and try and buy him. <laughs> like, open the draft wide open. Just maybe think about it slightly more than people drafting people who are already on their own show. Or do you remember that one? They all merge into one now, I'll be honest. It used to be a real occasion, and now they're all just one and the same. That one where they went, here's the list of people who are going to be drafted. And they got drafted in that bloody order because they didn't even think to mix it up. <laughs> For Christ's sake, lads. Come on. Um, but yes, Roman Reigns stands tall. Roman Reigns re- retains the uh, Universal Championship. And uh, then what we got? Two 
two SmackDowns till till WrestleMania Backlash. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, this is it. I think like the wherever you want to go with um, Reigns and Cesaro, uh, potentially Brian and Edge, whatever. It's not gonna you're not gonna be bored. You're not going to feel like the story's run out of Jeeves before WrestleMania Backlash. It's going to feel, in fact, it's going to feel quite a long way from a Backlash match in comparison to some of the other programs that they're, they're kind of like, I know they've made it triple threat on Raw, but going back to Lashley and Drew already feels quite tired. I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to have that with the SmackDown matches. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, let's move on and talk about the other title match for tonight. That's the Intercontinental Championship. Apollo Crews versus Big E. Apollo Crews retained last week's shenanigans with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and then Commander Aziz and the Nigerian nail. Samoan Spike has to have alliteration, apparently, according to <laughs> WWE, um, with all that last week. But yeah, Big E gets another shot at attempt- attempting to regain the IC title. And we both hope, despite the fact that we love him very much, he loses and loses upwards, right? Yeah. Um, this is, again, it's like the generous take on this is that, well, at least they're not trying to get to WrestleMania backlash with it. At least they're not trying to do this match again when the result is now even less in doubt than it was at WrestleMania, I think. Like Apollo Crews and Biggie fought a lot this year. <laughs> we, I think, were two of the more patient people when it came to this angle at least being allowed to get to WrestleMania with a title change I think we both saw right, Apollo Apollo Crews has started again like not to wipe out the first 18 matches these two had but he's had his chat with Roman Reigns he's gone back to his roots he's got new very nice new tights and he's brand new this version of Apollo Crews versus Big E you can permit one more match maybe another Nigerian drum fight was a bit of a bust, but we got the Commander Aziz introduction as a result. This, this puts a bow on it. This is it mm. after tonight. Big E 
could get it done, but can't because Commander Aziz is just a weapon too great for him to to counter against. Um, I don't think it's sort of like as you pointed out. I quite like how Kevin Owens was folded into the chase last week because I think you kind of it's important to be building up contenders on the side and not have it just not have that feeling of Apollo Crews winning. Just be like, all right, what now? Because then they'll just want to transition the belt on somebody else. Mm. Like this this feud should actually elevate Crews. Like this win tonight should elevate him. And if it doesn't, they've sort of failed in their aim. Like the belt becomes a, a prop to pass around. So I hope this match is as good as their best work. I hope Cruz wins relatively clean this time because that's what's going to make him feel made. I appreciate heels get to cheat and things like that, but I think it's I think it's high time that he did the bulk of the work by himself rather than just relying on like a Nigerian nail while the referee's back's turned. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, Big E loses upwards. It's WWE, so as much as it's frustrating that wins don't matter, sometimes it's okay that losses don't either. And mm. Big E will very, very quickly dust himself off. I'd like to see him not just over the moon and back in the foot spa this time next week. But within a month or so, Big E will be all right and be raring to go for money in the bank. Yeah, and I think I think you can... I don't think people lose faith in him, even if he's arguably a little bit stupid, i.e. he gets involved with Commander Aziz on the outside before he can even get involved. Or maybe there's some issue with Commander Aziz and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and all that. And that maybe distracts him. But like you say, Apollo Crews needs to hit his finish and pin Big E, regardless of outside shenanigans. Uh, and Big E can look forward to Money in the Bank. And speaking of Money in the Bank, we'll be talking all about that and uh, who needs to win it on a podcast to, uh, out tomorrow. And another name we mentioned for that is someone who hasn't wrestled, but is heavily involved on both SmackDown and on Raw. And the power struggle is, uh, is becoming more and more apparent at the top of WWE with the WWE officials. Uh, I think Postman Pierce has just got a new job of director of live events, IRL. But anyway, Sonia Deville, I'm really enjoying this. And for once, very rare you get to say this, and it's still with a pinch of salt because it's still quite obvious and they're just putting it in segments on TV. But an element of subtlety to this this power struggle going on between uh, Pierce and Deville. Yeah, I think the... I think they're ramping it up now. I think we're about to enter the period where it becomes a bit more grabby and a bit more WWE and the whole thing's a bit more on the nose. I, and I say that be, only because of them dragging it onto Raw and it being very, it being a lot more apparent what was at play um, on Raw. Because what I liked about it being isolated to SmackDown was that you couldn't quite tell, or at least I couldn't quite tell. I was deciding not to tell. If uh, Sonya Deville was like working on the side for Roman Reigns. Mm. Like if she'd be if she'd been gotten to, you know, by Paul Heyman because they needed some authority because they'd had their issues back in January with Adam Pierce. Um Adam Pierce is a and I won't say this sort of thing very often, because normally I consider it a contradiction in terms. He's a decent authority figure. Mm. Um I don't want a lot of him, but when I get him, I don't particularly want him to be undermined. I don't want him to make it look like I don't want any management of WWE to look like irritating busy work or to make the superstars look like overparented children like they do on NXT at the moment, for example. And I don't get that at all out of Adam Pearce or his interactions with others for the most part. And same with DeVille. And I like that there's a, I wouldn't normally be interested in this corporate power struggle stuff. WWE love it. And often they just like, just play it and play it and play it into the ground. And it's typically any excuse to, any excuse for Stephanie McMahon to bully people or any excuse for anybody to bully Mick Foley. And in Christ, in 2016, when you put your hands together, Jesus, they were obsessed with it. But like, <laughs> this 
feels currently different. I like it. And what's great is that it's giving DeVille agency should she want to return to the ring. Mm. We've talked a lot about the lately about the state of women's wrestling in WWE outside of the title picture. Um, should when Bianca Belair be finished with Bailey and Sasha Banks over the next few months, should the angle continue the way it's going and Sonya Deville announces that she's returned to the ring, for me, she leapfrogs every other woman on SmackDown. Yeah. Like, I already feel like she's a more, like, pressing concern, a more relevant character. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, how tragic was it on Raw seeing her back there on screen with Mandy Rose? Hmm. It reminded me of the 2003 Royal Rumble when Jeff Hardy was really going off the rails and Matt Hardy had turned into V1. And you see the two of them face to face and you're like, oh, brother. And very <laughs> literally, and then, oh, brother. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, watching frigging Mandy Rose on screen with Sonya Deville post WrestleMania fell on a fucking arse <laughs> while like Deville is just looking resplendent in this suit and like having loads of confidence as a character and being like, Jesus Christ, what did they do to my boy? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I just I feel like she's kind of leaps and bounds ahead of the badly booked women mm. in the non-existent the non-existent mid-card um <laughs> that WWE's uh, fostered at the moment. So yeah, I think it's a great character. I hope to see more of it. I don't need it forced down my throat. You know, it, you know what's nice when they do these angles is the odd weeks where things seem fine, because that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, that's how it reflects reality. What about if there's a big schmoz in the middle of the main event, and like Adam Pearce is like, "No, we're not. Gonna, this is not going to end like this. We're going to have a restart right now." And Deville is kind of like, mm, "That's not what Paul Heyman's paying me to do." But she kind of <laughs> says, "Yeah, all right, we're going to have to." You know, like just it doesn't it doesn't have to be like sledgehammer to the face, unsubtle every week. Mm. They can get on a bit sometimes because how else would Adam Pearce feel secure in his? In his relationship with Deville, if she was just very clearly twisting the knife every week, so I don't mind it if sometimes it's 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 downscaled a bit. Imagine if, and I heard a lot of people uh, reference this uh, in recent weeks and months and years, even imagine if Big Schmoz with, like you say, with Jay and Cesaro and even maybe Edge, right? And Sonya says, right, uh, Pierce says, right, that's it. Everyone's kicked out. Everyone's kicked out, and she's like, "Yeah, that's right, Jay Uso, you're banned from ringside. Uh, Cesaro, you're banned from ringside. Edge, you're banned from ringside." And the one person she leaves at ringside is Paul Heyman, and this is the one time where he's like, "I need to kind of interfere on behalf of my car because he never does, does he? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. he'll sit there, he'll shout encouragement, he'll maybe occasionally distract the referee at, at an extreme. But imagine if Daniel Bryan is such a threat that he's like." I don't need to slide a chair in here. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's too far. And I do kind of like the edge booking, but I do, as a continuation of that storyline with mm-hmm. the Sonya Deville stuff, that could well be what happens. Uh, we got a return last week of sorts in a, in vignette form at the very least of Alistair Black. Thank God he is back. Um, <laughs> the missus saw this and she went, why are they copying, copying Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows? Right. <laughs> With that Tales of the Dark Father stuff. He's dark, <laughs> he's not spooky. So, well, he is spooky, but he's not as spooky as the bollocks on Monday Night Raw. Please just give him a chance, Michael Hamplet. Not you. I mean, WWE. What little I know about um, Harry Potter, your better half was probably bang on the money because he's effectively been in the cupboard under the stairs, isn't he? All these years. <laughs> so, that kind of feels about right. And his um, is, is she who will not be named to Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. I, 
had a, this <laughs> this wasn't for me. That's what we do, isn't it? When you're yeah. kind of trying to, you're trying to balance objectivity and subjectivity at the same time. I thought this was really, really lame. Um, as lame, if not lamer, than the original, you know, eloquent guy that won't leave the room. That he played yeah, last year. eloquent guy now, basically. I think so. I think so. I think that's what those, like, the glasses especially felt like a choice, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. don't know. Um, the thing with Alistair Black was he, so before he disappeared... People have forgotten this, I think, because, Christ, it was depressing. He turned heel and changed his look. So he started wearing the long tights, and he had that feud with Kevin Owens, mm. and was like a kind of like nastier version of himself. I don't know if this is a reboot. I don't know if this is a continuation of that. I This, feel, this felt to me so close to the Alistair Black we ripped the piss out of mm. that I just thought, why this? Why not pick up where we were in what now feels like a million years ago, mid to late 2020? Why not pick that up and see and see where we're at with that? See, because that's surely got plenty left to, there's plenty mm. of juice left in that fruit. But it did feel like a partial reset. I appreciate he's using different history. Now, as I understand it, it's linked to his actual past. There are issues with his father or his mother. I don't, don't quote me on that. Go and mm-hmm. Google this for yourself. But I, I saw somebody post SmackDown last week mentioning that, that there's there's an element of um, method in all of this. Like fine, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't I'm, I don't have it in me to go all in. Like you can be happy that a guy you like that you felt was getting the short shrift is back on television, getting given a chance, while wary that this isn't the chance at all mm. and it's going to just be flush like everything else. So I've kind of felt like I've got to have this one at arm's length at the moment. This wasn't like, oh Christ, it's Alistair Black and he wants a title shot getting in there with Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, was it? No. It was, so I don't know, maybe I'm as exactly as committal as that booking is currently. Yeah. But Although if he came back and started bloody feuding with Cesaro, who's fresh off a world title loss... Oh, that could be some yeah, good great. stuff, to be honest. Or poisons the mind of Dominic Mysterio so he can like share his dad on the ramp. You know, I'm always <laughs> always trying to... It's, oh, that's my, always the end goal here. I've got to be honest, I loved it last week, not because of anything WWE did or the fact that I'm intrigued by it. I like you say, with withholding judgment. But as you mentioned, those glasses reminded me of a song I haven't listened to in years, which is the I love my life as a dickhead uh, song. <laughs> Go and search that out on YouTube because it's an absolute banger. So I was like, oh! Tell you what, this this guy's all right because he's uh, he's giving me flashbacks to like I don't know, 2010 was it? I have no idea when it came out. But, uh, anyway, let's conclude by talking about the Mysterios and like we said, the long term booking is always leading us to uh, Dominic Mysterio, Electro, and his dad on a ramp. But we have to wait for that <laughs> to get back for that because we need the reaction to that. So for the meantime, I don't know. They beat uh, Gable and Otis again. I, 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 it's weird, like with Biggie and Apollo Crews. Everyone else, is like, oh, you just keep in the same matches with Attack. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm all right with it. Just the 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 the, the revolving door of Street Robbers, Dirty Dogs, Mysterios, Gable and Otis. They just keep facing each other again and again and again. And I don't really get bored of it because they're all really enjoyable to watch in the ring and they've all got differing stories. But is this a means to an end? They seem to be, you know, gathering a bit of steam now for at the very least them challenging for or potentially the Mysterios becoming father and son tag team champions, which I know is something that Phil and Gareth campaign for to happen at bloody WrestleMania because it's a WrestleMania moment. 
Yeah, like missed opportunity, I think, with not doing that in front of a, a crowd and a hot crowd. I, I'm sort of with you on this SmackDown tag thing. It's it's one of the things where I'm like most critical of SmackDown because it's sort of, you don't have a division. You've just got these teams that have these matches in a rotation. There's no story to speak of. It's just like the dirty dogs don't want to defend the title. Then Adam Pearce says, defend your title. So it's like the dirty dogs are defending the titles. And yeah. it's like, cool. And then they'll beat a team. And then the, the result of that match won't particularly matter because that team might get a shot a couple of weeks later. And then you, you Christ, like it's that gif, isn't it? Or is it Sarah Paulson staring at just the numbers flying by? How do Street Profits get a shot when they lost to Gable and Otis, but then Gable and Otis can't get a shot because they lost to the one contenders match than the Mysterios? But the Mysterios pin the champions in a non-title. Like, it's that's all that's happened for about four months now. Like, <laughs> it's not storytelling, but the quality of the work is just about there. The tag teams themselves interesting and charismatic and I think that goes a long way mm-hmm. like I think all there's something to like and grab onto about all four teams in this never-ending mix and I think that's got them out of a lot of bother um you say no crowds for the electric chair turn who needs a crowd when Pat McAfee will have never seen something like that in his whole it's, life I was about to say the other thing like, is Pat McAfee jizz in his pants every time they pull out a seat <laughs> nine. Like just screaming, I should not have worn short shorts. Um, it's just I, I'm I'm bang up for this. I also echo Phil and Gareth. Um, this should have happened at WrestleMania. Um, of all the teams and all the combinations, if you were going to put that, I, I I didn't have an issue with the match being relegated to television. Truthfully, mm. the, like something something had to be cut, and if it did, probably better that than some of the other things on the show. Uh, well, women's yeah. team was a bloody mess, but yeah, that was pretty horrendous as well. But um, it just there's no story left other than this father and son tag title win. So it's probably the one you need to direct them towards. And you've got a pay per view in like three weeks where it's kind of an easy win for that show as well. Mm. Nobody is nobody's going to decry the sad end of the dirty dogs like tag title reign if it gives you something to talk about coming out of WrestleMania backlash. And I think. That could be it. And of course, if they were to lose, it would be a WrestleMania back smash when he does the electric chair on the ramp, wouldn't it? So I love that. They lose. And he's like, well, oh, come on, Dad. Up on the shoulders you go. Sorry, <laughs> Up you go. Come on. What if he did it? What if he did it because Ray like injured his knee? And it's like, I'll carry you, Dad. You ain't heavy. You're my father. Slam. <laughs> Bang like that. And that's why I dropped your leg out of your leg. I tell you what, it's so much more fun talking about SmackDown, don't we? Because it's not raw. Anyway, uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCulture. It's going to be like, sorry, that feels like it's going to re- one day it's going to replace. Are you ready for a good time? Isn't it? Like they're going to do this thing. It's not raw. <laughs> that's, just, that's, that's the whole credits. What's the? Who does? Is it Jennifer Lopez? It's not raw, but it's okay. <laughs> I need, to, I need to find out who it is because before, before we finish this, it's Whitney it's Houston. Okay. How could I forget? Whitney of course, Houston. it was Whitney Houston. It's not raw, but it's okay. That's, <laughs> and it, that's it. Well. They're not sort of over promising. Like, it's not raw, it's not dynamite, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts ahead of tonight's show at What Culture WWE on Twitter. Watch, say you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamplet at Michael Hamplet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Oh, and by the way, go and wish Michael Hamlet a happy birthday for today. Oh, thank you.
Uh, you can uh, follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including, as I mentioned earlier, that Money in the Bank Contenders podcast, which comes out tomorrow, as well as, of course, the SmackDown Review podcast with Phil and Gareth. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Preview. My thanks to birthday boy Michael Hamford. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.